0: You are now listening to Men of March, presented by StudentUnionSports.com. Sports.com. welcome back to the Men of March podcast. We're back after a little bit of a week. I'm here with my
1: co-host, Nate Marcus. Nate, how are we doing? Not doing too bad. I'm watching a little Baylor-Oklahoma State action. Baylor's the number five team in the NCAA's top 16 reveal on Saturday. Didn't really get that, but we'll get to it uh but yeah they're losing enjoying a little college basketball on this monday night how about you austin
0: doing good kind of had a nice little happy hour right after work kind of came back down watched uh indiana took that way that lead against ohio state north carolina had to fend for their lives against louisville cashed a couple bets We're feeling good and let's open up with uh with two coaches that aren't feeling so great right now after what happened yesterday. Uh, everyone, we're not going to spend too much time of it. It's been beaten to death, but Juwan Howard and, um, coach Greg Gar from Wisconsin got in a, in a little bit of, of a scuffle after, uh, Wisconsin's double digit win in Madison early Sunday.
1: Yeah, they did. Uh, Greg Gard, it started because Jawan press, what well, Juwan, Juwan press, Juwan Howard was pressing the Wisconsin backups down 15 with 20 seconds left. And Greg Gard called the timeout. And I was talking with some friends today and jokingly, I said, anytime you can assert your dominance by full court pressing the backups down 15, you have to take that chance. I mean, when else are you going to get to do that? Uh, but yeah, the whole situation and then he ended up with Jawan hitting Wisconsin's assistant coach, getting f- suspended for the last five games of the season. Given what happened after he threw that punch, slap, whatever you want to call it, I think the suspension's appropriate. I think Greg Gard should have just suspended a game too because Jawan was clearly in no mood to talk after in the handshake line after the game, and Greg Gard kind of grabbed him as he walked by. And, yeah. That's all I really got to say about the situation. I think the suspension for Juwan is appropriate. I think so too, especially
0: the the people did really, really. Uh, Diabate he was suspended the game. He actually threw a legit punch. Like uh, he was
1: he was swinging, like <laughs> he was swinging.
0: Like Howard was like he he had a close fist and then decided in mid air at the only type of self control he had and kind of like. Bit slapped him a little bit, it, but it wasn't a lot of hard contact. But yeah, Diabate closed fist, and he suspended for one game. And then I thought it was really funny because uh, someone asked Howard about full court pressing at the end, he, and he said uh, we weren't we weren't pressing. It was five on five. What do you think? Like
1: press pressure? Yeah, <laughs> got I like. I saw it on Twitter after, like, just, like, the highlight of it, and I didn't realize while it was happening that they still had, like, the CBS music going on in the background, and so you just, like, see, like, I think Andrew Catalan was on the call, and you see these guys, like, throwing hands and stuff, and in the background, of, it was so fun. I, it cracked me up. Uh, it, was, it was funny.
0: I didn't get to see. I was watching it with subtitles, and it, the subtitles didn't mention what was going on. It was just... It was, it was a crazy scene. But now, no Howard. Phil Martelli, I think, has, is going to get his – uh is going to fill in for Juan Howard. And what's a much really needed spot playing at home at Rutgers at Il- and at home against Illinois. Michigan squarely on the bubble. So,
1: tough task for sure for him. Yeah, but, I mean, can you uh- – There's a lot of guys, I guess, in assistant coaching, but I mean Phil Martelli was coaching at St. Joe's for a long time. And he's an experienced guy, been to NCA tournaments, won games in the NCAA tournament, and you know, he's coached pros. So it's a nice chance for him. And I if there is someone capable out there that was an assistant on a bench in power conference basketball, I don't think he's the worst guy to have out there.
0: He's probably one of the better guys if we had to make it, if we have a rank. An assistant coaching rank in the college basketball. But we'll go back. No more talking about Michigan, but we'll talk about what happened in the weekend. We'll talk about the most notable results. And uh, we'll talk about in the Big Ten, a rogue team that came out and dominated a Michigan school for most of the game. Illinois beating Michigan State 79 to 74. Spartans made a late run, but Kofi just showing how dominant he was once again, scoring 27 and nine.
1: Yeah. Kofi was really good. Trent Frazier hit a huge shot. I mean, like Michigan state made that run and you know, it was the Tyson Walker game, you know, Michigan state fans have been waiting for him to explode the whole season and be that guy that we saw at Northeastern who averaged 19, five and four a season ago. And he just caught fire in the last eight minutes, ended up with 26 points. And then Trent Frazier ridiculous pull up three to put make it a five point game with under thirty seconds left. Really good college basketball game. That uh, for me, I guess it was the eleven o'clock window for the mor- for the morning. It was just unbelievable stuff. I guess I watched a lot of college basketball on Saturday, and it was just a great day.
0: Yeah, it was pretty awesome. It was opening, and then we had another.
1: It was great to see them actually
0: stagger games in the morning on Saturday. Illinois started, was the first game to start, and then Texas Tech and Texas started a little bit earlier. Chris the Texas box office tried to do their best not to sell
1: tickets to Texas Tech fans. And And we still had Chris Beard getting booed in introductions in the Irwin Center.
0: Yeah, and Chris Beard was still booed. There was a good amount of Red Raider fans in there, and Texas Tech, man,
1: they're, they're for real. They're a good basketball team. Really good. Yeah. And they were missing Kevin McCullough too on Saturday. It was an impressive performance. Terrence Shannon seems to be at 100 percent which is huge for Texas Tech. He only had six points on Saturday, so it wasn't like he was the guy. But just to have a guy on the wing with McCullough who can create off the bounce and get to the basket and knock down threes, uh, really important for them.
0: Yeah, and just the way they played, they played 10. They played eight guys without McCullers, too. So they have so much death. Bryson Williams continues to impress, arms. And yeah, where Texas is becoming a middling team and Texas Tech, uh, they're looking, they're going to be at, on at least a three line when it comes to selection Sunday, based on what we're seeing right now.
1: Yeah. What we're seeing right now is, should we get into the uh, top 16 a little bit if we're going in order of events on Saturday? Yeah, let's get into the top 16 or we'll talk – let's talk a little bit about
0: Kentucky's 90 – Kentucky beating Alabama without Ty Ty Washington or or Wheeler. That was a pretty impressive day. Yeah. Uh, did you get to see that game? I didn't get to watch much of it, but I watched the uh, Kaelin
1: Grady making every single shot. Alabama. It felt like at the beginning of that game that Alabama was going to be – you know, Alabama's been – we know they've been weird the whole season, just beating good teams, losing to bad teams and middle tier teams. Alabama came out flamethrowing. I just like, I don't have the platform to uh, say it really, but Keon Ellis this year has just been a guy that I feel like shoots too much for them, and not very well. He hasn't been great. He only shoots about thirty five percent from behind the arc. He shoots a lot of shot, shoots a lot of threes, but yesterday, but Saturday, he was knocking everything down in the first half. Bama was nine for their first 12 from behind the arc. Uh, They were up 12 early, but, you know, Kentucky showed what they were. And it feels like something that, especially in the past couple of years, that Coach Cal's teams have been missing, which is just that, like, experience on the court. Like, Kellen Grady is a 2,000-point scorer, played four years at Davidson under one of the best coaches in the country and Bob McKillop. uh, And he just, like, they took that Bama run and just shoved it right back at him, him and Chibwee and Jacob Toppin, too, and Bama just did not recover well. Kentucky kicked it into a gear that not many teams in the country have.
0: Yeah, exactly, and we'll get to the top 16 seeds. We'll kick it off right away. Um, I'll just kind of read them off, and the teams on the number one line in order, we have Gonzaga in the west, Auburn in the midwest, Arizona in the south, Kansas in the east. And then the, our number our number teams on the number two line in the West, Duke, Purdue in the Midwest, Baylor in the South, and Kentucky in the east. Then on the three line, we have Illinois, Texas. well I didn't, I'm not going to order, order rankings at, um, but in the Midwest, Texas Tech, Tennessee, Villanova, then Texas, UCLA, Providence, and Wisconsin on the four line. What's the
1: opening thoughts, Nate, on the on the rankings? The number one seeds are right. Uh, that was just my first thought. Uh, before Auburn obviously lost on Saturday, we'll get to that. But before Auburn lost, I thought they were the clear number two seed. Gonzaga was the number one. Uh, the number two line got a little issue with. Don't think Baylor should be as high as they are. I guess – I'm okay with the Big 12 getting a bunch of credit as the best conference in the country. But Baylor's been bad lately. They've been dealing with a lot of injuries. They were 16 and 15 and 0, and now they're 22 and 5. Struggling with Oklahoma State right now. That JTT injury meant a lot to them, and I felt like that was something that the committee should have taken into consideration a little more.
0: Yeah, and then uh, I think I agree with just about Tennessee on the three line. That was pretty questionable. Not including Arkansas. I think Arkansas is going to play their way into that conversation.
1: Then. Who do you think is the best team that's not on the list? I'd probably say Arkansas. Okay. I think it's Houston.
0: I would I th- have said that two weeks ago.
1: Two weeks ago, they would have been on the list, I think.
0: Yeah. After, but, I think there might be a little vulnerability in their armor. I guess, I, like, losing yeah. SMU at home, that's okay the way uh, they played. Lose, or on the road is okay. But losing to 10 to Memphis at home and then needing overtime to beat Wichita State. I th- yeah. And then those, those two teams have been their, their toughest – in the last couple of months or so. So I was big, really big on Houston too. I think they're a really good team. And I still think they can get there. It just
1: as of late, I don't know if they really
0: earned that spot.
1: I didn't know, that, know this until I watched the top sixteen reveal. They don't have a quad one win this season. A little wild to me. Like that's crazy. Houston? Yeah. Didn't
0: they? Don't they, have, didn't, they don't have Nope. Oh, I guess Oregon. Yeah, Oregon and Virginia were their big non-conference
1: wins, and they lost yeah. to Wisconsin. Yep. So yeah, their resume isn't second of great. I still think they're a team that can make a run, but uh, yeah, I think they're the best team that was left off of that top sixteen reveal.
0: Yeah, I would say I would probably have to say Arkansas. You might be able to make an argument for Bama maybe, but uh, we've talked about their resume. They've lost to too many bad teams. But if we're talking about the best team, probably Arkansas or Alabama, maybe you can say,
1: yeah. Yeah. Like you said earlier, I don't think there was too much surprise with the top 16. I think Wisconsin is – See, this is where it's hard to decipher between resume and metrics and stuff, because Wisconsin's resume is definitely better than a four seed right now. But, you know, you watch them and it's like, well, it's Johnny Davis and company. 21 and five with as many quadrant one wins as they have is so hard to ignore.
0: Yeah, same team like with a team like UConn where they're ranked really high as far as like Haslam and Ken Palm, but I'm not really sure if they get above. Like, they're going to really need that win against Villanova to lock in a, like, a top six seed for sure.
1: Yeah, but all four of their games left are winnable. They get the bottom of the Big East and then home to Villanova and at Creighton. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that top 16 shakes out. I think it's more
0: interesting with the three seeds – so, like Illinois, Duke being in over Illinois, I thought was an interesting one. But the way we've seen Duke play recently and their lack of competition in the ACC, I think Illinois will have a chance to jump them and possibly Baylor as well. So, I think as far as the teams that are in the top 60, I think Illinois is the early riser. Interesting with Providence, they're almost losing to Butler. Um, they win a lot of close games. I'm not,
1: I'm not really in on this Providence team someone asked me if Providence is a fraud and I responded winning is hard one I, one of my friends at school is it like who doesn't like really fo- follow college basketball but still like watches it to a degree and that was like that's my response with that like winning is hard going 22 and 3 I mean like do I think they're for real eh, maybe probably not but winning is hard
0: so yeah we kind of saw them I thought that they had a chance to make a statement at home versus Villanova and they weren't able to do it. But you know what? The pro- Friars, they they might keep on proving people wrong. I'm not the only one saying that. A lot of smart college basketball people are in on Providence. Um, but, you know, like what you said, winning – they win close games and it, it could – that experience could – help them win close games in the tournament, or, you know, that tendency to play close games can get them in a tricky situation where they're they're, um, struggling against someone they
1: shouldn't. So it can work really work either way. Yeah, uh, maybe my favorite picture of the college basketball week since you brought up the Villanova-Providence game, and it was something like Ken Palm is a fraud. Some student was holding up at the Providence-Villanova game in the dunk. Oh, that cracked me up. Really funny. And I think Ken Palm responded to it, too. Yep. Yeah. Uh, We'll get back to the results on Saturday a little bit. If we're going in order here, uh, the SEC had a big showcase afternoon. Florida losing – Florida beating Auburn at home. Huge boost for Florida's potential NCAA tournament resume. And Auburn's second loss in four games. Austin, are we worried about the Tigers? I think we have to really talk about their point guard
0: play. I'm not really sure if Wendell Green was the person I would want taking or holding the ball in the last possession when you have a guy named Jabari Smith in your lineup. And it seemed like nobody really wanted to win that game.
1: At the end yeah. of oh, Florida, Florida did their best to lose. It was hilarious.
0: Yeah, Florida. It was more Auburn and their late game execute execution and that's on my one worry with the tigers is what happens when when they have to play in the lead eight it's tight they're down two they're down three and they really haven't been in those
1: situations a lot this is the second time in four games that auburn has had the ball with the last shot to either tie or win the game and wendell green ooh, it hasn't been good it has not been good at all. Like, that last possession, did they even get a shot off against Florida? I can't – I don't think – No, they did, right? didn't. Walker Kessler
0: yeah. was wide
1: open, too. Yeah. And they could uh, the all with the ball to him. I've, I feel like you just have to draw up a play where Jabari's involved, whether he gets the ball or not. He has to be a screener or something. You got to set him up on a pick and pop. Because, like, he's not really that great of a creator. So, it's kind of tough to just give him the ball at the top of the key and be like, go get a bucket. So, like, that's a an interesting counterpoint to the whole why didn't Jabari get the ball situation. But Auburn needed to at least have him involved in the play.
0: Yeah, and Wendell Green's good. He's a good point guard. He's just five eleven, kind of small. And when you shrink the court, when you when you slow the game down in the heart in the half court, it's just hard for him.
1: You know, it's and how, you yeah, when he has to create for himself against SEC guys without a screen, it's a little tough.
0: And Auburn, they haven't really been good at shooting the three ball, surprisingly, ranking 263rd in three-point percentage. You would think that number is a lot higher, but they're doing things uh, in the inside this year. They have Jabari Smith. They have Walker Kessler. They have the best player in the country, and they have the best defender in the country and Walker Kessler so talent wise it's there just experience it's a work in progress so a lot of high upside for this Auburn team they can cut down the nets but out of all the teams on that one line like who do you see if I had to pick like which one of them has the best chance to lose early it might be Auburn yeah yeah, I guess that's fair I the, still, th- I, I, I think all. Not saying they'll lose, but out of the
1: those four on the one line that we have so far, I agree with that probably. But I don't see any of the four one seeds losing before the Sweet Sixteen. I don't think anyone has like anyone that's going to be in that like eight nine game. Like who's going to go up at the rim with Walker Kessler? Like I just don't, I just don't see it happening. That was a double dribble. But yeah, thoughts on those are the thoughts on Auburn. And then the next game, uh, Tennessee went to Fayetteville for a big matchup with the Hogs. And Arkansas pulled out a gritty one. 58-48 at home. How about Eric Musselman's defense holding a team to 48 points?
0: Yeah, especially that first half. I had a way more too much money than I wanted to admit on Arkansas first half. And
1: Ga- Austin's second game of the year. And yeah. like, oh he's oh one and one now.
0: Clap it up, baby. <laughs> So, um, game of the year. It depends where you got it. On Fanduel, it's minus a half. So where I got it, it ended up being, but it was minus one at most places. So, um, so that's why I gave out minus one. I'm one zero and one. I had Stanford against USC.
1: I thought you had a loss somewhere too. No, not on game of the year. I'm one zero. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And game above of fi- year, above five above five hundred. I'm one zero oh, and one. That's tentatively perfect. That Almost. Is, you have not lost.
0: <laughs>
1: I have not lost. It was Stanford against USC at home. That's right. All right, that was the old two o'clock in Cal in a Palo Alto, California tip off. Can never yeah. fade those. So,
0: yeah, I just thing with it, the Ark. This Arkansas team, love them. They're probably the best defensive team as a whole in the SEC. Just. When Jd Jd Note when he got out there in foul trouble, they didn't really have anyone else outside of Jalen Williams having to dribble from above top the top of the key, which is not ideal when you're big man when you have to rely
1: on your big man to do that. That is my worry with Arkansas when it comes to like single game without Note, their best creator is Jalen Williams. Like it might be Jalen Williams anyway. But J.D. Note is obviously the guy that's going to have the ball most of the time. Without him, they do not have another guard that's going to distribute and get to the basket and make tough shots, I don't think. It's, uh, it's really interesting if, like, they're a five seed and they get a 12. They get, like, UT Chattanooga or something that has a really good big man in Sylvia D'Souza and two guards that can play. If he gets in foul trouble, that could be, like, a 10-point deficit in the first half. Worries me a little bit.
0: Yeah, and I think it's just a lot of disappointing. Like, Devo Davis is a, has kind of really taken a step back, back, and Chris Likes just hasn't been good.
1: Yeah, or Devo enough. Davis, like, we were expecting a lot of him coming into the season, and yeah, never really got it going. He had 26 against Oklahoma, but they got blown out of the water in that game. And in SEC play, he's just been – he's been fine. Like, he's done what they have needed him to do. just been like a spark plug off the bench but he hasn't taken that step to be an all-SEC player like a lot of people thought he was going to be.
0: Yeah, and then Tennessee continues to be up and down for me. Uh, I love Kenny, Kenny Chandler, but, yeah, there's just – there's a lot more to rely on with them. And then how about uh, – we'll talk a little bit about the Big Ten. How about Iowa putting themselves in the top 25 with
1: a they're pretty big win on the road against Ohio State? Yeah, Ohio State uh, wasn't great Saturday afternoon. Keegan Murray was really good. Keegan Murray kept them in that game in the first half. Uh, He had 20 first-half points. He was awesome. Finished with 24. And then in the second half, it was his brother, Chris, kind of took over. A really good team win for Iowa. They went on the road. They didn't have a quadrant-one win before that. They were down 11 in the first half. And to come out and hold Ohio State to 24 points in the second half is very un-Iowa and, you know, good on them. Big time win. Then I
0: want to shout out to North Texas Main Green, Tyler Perry, game-winning shot against UAB. The Conference USA is one of has – everyone's been talking about the Mountain West and WCC as far as mid-major conferences go, which they should. They deserve it. But Conference USA, the top three teams there with North Texas,
1: UAB, and Louisiana Tech, it's a fun little league. Basketball leagues that split their conferences into East and West divisions piss me off, but yeah, I agree. Kenny Lofton Jr. is still my favorite player to watch in the country. I love watching him play basketball, so I I'd, I I'd, I'd love to see USA.
0: Yeah.
1: So Tyler Perry, former Juco national champion, game-winning three had twenty-five
0: points. Best and at George, best of Jordan Walker. So shout out to Mean Green. I've been kind of. Against them a lot of the
1: year and they keep winning. So, if the mean green are up to a 40th in Ken Palm, their only losses are to Buffalo, uh, Kansas. Buffalo is the only bad loss, Buffalo, Kansas, Miami, and then the home game against UAB, they just obviously reversed that on the road. They've won 12 in a row. It, like it, It's not unthinkable for them to get an at large bid. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's not unthinkable. Yeah,
0: it's a close loss in the Conference USA Tournament would be interesting. Talk about another mid-major that took a hit, Loyola Chicago, losing at home to Drake. Drake's a pretty good team, but it's still recorded as a quad three loss in the metrics. Um, Loyola Chicago responded with a nine-point win at Illinois State today. But they were, not again, they weren't really that impressive And then, Are we worried about the Ramblers? And are they, they're not so, they're not a lock anymore to get in that large bid so far. How, they're tinkering closer to the bubble day by day.
1: Yeah, I was watching uh, the CBS Sports Eye College Basketball podcast today, uh, last night, and they were talking about this. And Matt Norlander brought up an interesting point, that if it wasn't Loyola Chicago and we saw this resume, Would they be, and there was just like another mid-major, say it was Drake, just without that final four run, without the sweet 16 appearance, would they be like in the tournament like they are right now? Because the best win is that neutral court win over San Francisco. That's the one of the only quadrant one wins they have. The other one is at uh, Missouri State, which isn't a tournament team. It's not on the bubble. So – I like Loyola Chicago as a team. I think Drew Valentine's done a really good job as a first-year head coach, but I don't know if they're – they're definitely not a lock. That loss on the Saturday was not a good one to take.
0: Yeah, their best win in a non-conference was Arizona State, and we see saw how
1: – well, it's probably Vanderbilt on the road. It was San Francisco. That's so San Francisco, yeah. Yeah, they, okay. the little Juco game on Thursday at noon.
0: So yeah, the Paul win. Yeah, they like their resume win. is it's fine. It's not great. I think everything would have turned if they would have won that game on against Michigan State on a neutral. Then they'd sh- for sure be in. But against top one hundred teams, I'm trying to think. I don't know if they have a winning record.
1: They are. They have, well, all six of their losses are to top one hundred teams, and then one two. Three, four. Five. It looks like five and six to me, if I can count. Yeah. Yeah, they have five and six against top 100 teams. And that's according to Ken Palm, not the net, so.
0: I think they'll win the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament, so I don't think we're going to have to really talk about this. But if they lose, or if they lose before the final,
1: I think they're in trouble. I agree with that a lot, uh, like, let me pull up the Missouri Valley Conference standings. Like a loss before the final would be a loss to either Mo State, Drake, or Bradley. Or and like the, that would be the semifinal. Ugh. And Missouri and,
0: State matches up with them really well. They beat them at they lost them at home by double
1: digits. So Isaiah Mosley's a baller. I hope they get like don't root for Missouri State, but I root for Isaiah Mosley. He's really good. I hope they win the conference tournament. I hope he gets a shot in the tournament. Or Northern Iowa. (laughs) If Northern Iowa can get in the tournament, that would be really cool. Because when the pandemic happened, uh, like they were, if you people remember, they were 25 and four or something like that going into the MoVal, lost in the quarterfinals. But like they were a team to watch when when we were talking about mid-majors two years ago. So if they can get to the tournament this year, with A.J. Green leading the way, I would love that. That would be really awesome.
0: Then the other mid-major showdown that we'll talk about between two – now, St. Mary's and BYU. People were talking about BYU as a dark horse Final 14 back when they beat Oregon by 20 or 40. And
1: now they're outside the tournament in my ass after losing 5 uh, They need to win. They need to get to the Mountain West. They might need – not Mountain West, WCC. They might need to win the WCC. Like, is a win over Gonzaga really going to
0: –
1: a neutral court win over Gonzaga might move the needle. It's a weak bubble. But losses to Vanderbilt, Utah Valley. neither Like, Utah Valley one's bad. But Creighton – is not a very good loss when you consider that the Blue Jays are fighting for a tournament bid themselves. Santa Clara is an okay loss, not great, but that one in Pacific is so bad. That is such a like standout on the team sheet that I'm not sure if they're going to be able to get past that.
0: And they're going to go two and four against the other big WCC schools and three and six. Five when you if you were to count Santa Clara in there. The Utah State win doesn't look as great anymore, although Utah State's metrics are still up there. Outside of that, the win against San Diego State helps them. Oregon doesn't look like a tournament team anymore.
1: Utah they have a, co- get, they Utah- have a couple double bubble like results from way back early in the season that are helpful. San Diego State and Oregon, those wins are nice, I guess. And I'm not sure if they're
0: just that great. It's Alex Barcelo and a okay Caleb Leuner just took a really big step back. Not having harms or losing harms in the off season was was basically he was basically their only rim protector. Now they don't have that and they're just struggling against teams with good front cores. I don't think they, there's a chance of chance of hell of them beating Gonzaga this year unless they hit like 90% from three. I
1: agree so. with that. All right, should we preview uh tomorrow? We've got some. No preview. Yeah, big games tomorrow. Or the headliner. Hartford, Connecticut, at the XL Center, not on campus, for UConn and Villanova. What do we like and why? How far is Hartford from the UConn campus? I wonder. I think UConn. I think the. I think like Yukon is in Hartford, but the XL Center is not. On, like Gamble Pavilion is their on-campus arena. But, big
0: game. I actually like. The Huskies in this spot. Uh, so in their first matchup, Sinogo got in foul trouble really early, and then Dixon was just able to dominate. So I think there'll be a little bit of, regre- of regression there. Dixon was just awesome. Was ten of fifteen from the field, twenty four and twelve, and Sinogo was still seven of nine from the field, but. He wasn't able. He was in foul trouble most of the game. wasn't able to get aggressive and physical with Dixon. I think that will regress. And then Villanova shot 6 of 11 from 3. I think you, this is a big game for UConn. They'll make a statement. I'll, RJ Cole minus 2. If it gets to two and a 2.5, I probably won't take the Huskies, but if it stays under that, I'll I like UConn
1: here. I, I like UConn as a team a lot. I think they're like those three seeds that we read off for in the NCAA's top 16 reveal, I don't love them. Like Texas Tech's a really good team. But like if they get a matchup with Tennessee or Wisconsin, I like UConn a lot to make a run. I like them tomorrow too. Uh, like you said, Sanogo was in foul trouble. They kind of made that that game in Philadelphia closer than it was. It ended up being 11. Villanova was leading by – quick math here, 11 plus 18. They were leading by 19 with 10 minutes to go before UConn kind of brought it back a little bit. So I think the Huskies will get some revenge at home.
0: Yeah, and we have uh, upset alert. We have Oklahoma State up by one against Baylor with a 128 to go. Interesting. Um, going back to the SEC, our Red Heart Ocran saw Razorbacks going on the road to Florida. Could Florida get another consecutive big-time win here, or do, do the Razorbacks continue to roll?
1: I think the Razorbacks continue to roll. I don't think that they'll have an answer in the backcourt for J.D. Note. and I think that Jalen Williams is going to do a good job of bringing Castleton away from the basket. Uh, those are the two biggest keys to me. And I don't like. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I just I don't think I can trust Florida. Not twice in a row. Once. Eh, yeah. Twice. No. But Eric Musselman
0: has things rolling. I feel like this is just a a typical Eric Musselman team. Like I'm pretty sure last year they hit a stretch where everyone was writing writing them all. And then they went on, like, a similar run.
1: Yeah, they won. They started 9-0 and, oh and lost four of their first five – four of their first six in the SEC.
0: And then they, then they beat Auburn
1: at home and then won one two, three. The win against Missouri doesn't count in that stretch because Jeremiah Tillman didn't play. The people forget that. <laughs> they won I'm, two, I, I'm, I'm staking my claim in Missouri's team last year because this year's – they didn't play basketball in Missouri Arena the season. The people keep trying to tell
0: me they are. Uh, they won 12 straight SEC games and the, the year last year before the SEC tournament, and they're on a similar run, winning winning 10 or 12 of their last 13 with that one loss against Bama on the road. So yeah, I like them here. And then even though they do have a huge one against Kentucky at home. On Saturday, I still think they get it done against Florida. So a
1: little bit of a look ahead spot, but I'll still take the Hawks. Yeah, uh, I kind of we kind of forgot to mention when we were going through Saturday. I don't know why I just came up with it, but uh, how about Oregon and Arizona? How about Will? We can just touch on it real quick. How about Will Richardson? Really good player. Just forgetting time and score. Yeah, Oregon was up four
0: with a minute to go too. It like you didn't even have to come to that, and yeah, down three. Driving what? Driving with in the last possession, down three. Tough scene.
1: It was. It was. It was a scene. It was funny. And
0: Oklahoma State just tied it up against Baylor, sixty to sixty, with thirty-five seconds to go.
1: Flagler's been awesome this game. He just tried to. All right, uh. Should I commentate this uh, Baylor-Oklahoma State ending? Yeah, you can. Ah, oh, uh, they called timeout. That's no fun.
0: I was on a commercial.
1: All right, let's keep talking about tomorrow. We'll get you We'll get you a play-by-play next possession. All right. So uh,
0: good. Iowa hosting Michigan State. Iowa ranked for the first time in the season, I believe. Hosting Michigan the State or Michigan? Michigan State. Oh, okay. Hosting is Michigan State. Michigan okay. State's a six-and-a-half-point dog. Big game for both, really. I think both teams are squarely in the field. But big difference being on the seven line, eight line, or the six line, and that can, can ter- determine that today or tomorrow. Really,
1: two teams really go in different directions here. Iowa won four of its last five. Michigan lost four of its last five. Michigan's had – Michigan. sorry, not Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State losing at Penn State was rough. That's not a very good loss. Uh, Couldn't complete the comeback against Illinois, like we talked about. I like the Hawkeyes in this one a lot. Keegan Murray, like Michigan State, still doesn't have a go-to guy. We are like four months into three months into the college basketball season. Over three months, and Michigan State still does not have that guy at the end of games that they consistently go to. Like Tyson Walker just had his best game as a Spartan, and I. I want to say it was first game with over twenty points this season, so I like I like the confidence that Keegan Murray is going to win a close game.
0: Yeah, I think this game gets close. I'll say Iowa wins, but Michigan State keeps it close, and they're just a little bit more physical. But at the end of games, you're right. They just don't have that go-to score. Ken Palm really loves Iowa. They're sixteenth, sixteenth in Ken Palm, fifth
1: overall in adjusted efficiency. They don't turn the ball. Oh on. shit! I don't know if that's gonna count, but I just have- Ice, likely, Ice Likely just made a Larry Bird shot from behind. I don't think it's gonna count, but they just made he just made a Larry Bird shot from like behind the backboard, and if it it's it's over if you counts. There might be a shot clock violation here, I think there is. Okay, it's a shot clock violation. I expected a better broadcast, Nate. Oh, well, you we were talking, and it was a horror, It was like a horrible possession. So, <laughs> I, it was awful. But like, I need to see if it hits the rim. They're reviewing it right now. First, like I, I don't think the initial shot hit the rim. So, but. That's not what I want to see. I want to see if it hits the rim. He did not get that off. We're we're going to overtime in uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma.
0: Baylor Bears, right? When we're talking uh, doubting the Bears, they can't prove us wrong. They're
1: struggling against Oklahoma State. A team that can't make the NCAA tournament. Their season is done in two weeks. doesn't matter. (laughs) I don't think they're going to make it anyway. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, all right, one more game tomorrow and then we'll probably get out of here. Uh, San Diego State at Boise. We love our mid majors here. I Big love battle in the Mountain West. This might be another game of the year for
0: me. I love the Broncos. Boise State, they dominated, they basically controlled the game on the road. What? Madonna's Armist is a guy that can handle some Mensa, someone in the post, but Boise State just has better guys here. Uh, San Diego State, they're great defensively, but offensively they're just really limited. Matt Bradley can only do so much. Uh, I like Boise State. just continues. They've beaten... They're coming off that big home win against Utah State. Their only losses in conference conference play were at Wyoming and at home at against Colorado State in a game that went to overtime. I think San Diego State's a maybe a little bit overrated. As far as the Mountain West Big Four, I would slate them at four. And Boise State, I think they're just the best best team in the conference. I'll take, I'll take the
1: Broncos. Yeah. Uh... I like Boise State here too. The real question is are either of us going to be ballsy enough to take the over? Ken Fom has it at 115. These two teams combined for a 42 to 7, 37 college basketball game in the shot clock era, the first time they played. That is hilarious. Mm-hmm. That's an underrated story. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, Boise State's been better than San Diego State in conference play. Tyson Degenhart has been really good for the Broncos. He's won a lot of conference, of freshman conference of the weeks. That was a ball. All right. Overtime. Uh, he's had some big games for them. So look for him to have a big night. Is Emmanuel Aycott going to be back for that one? Because if he is, that's obviously a big boost. If not, San Diego State might have the offense to play with them. Yeah, it's really like they need Medsa to
0: really be able to dominate and control the game inside. Um, my Butler, he's been hit or miss, but outside of those three, San Diego State doesn't really have any offense. Trey Pulliam hasn't really made the jump that he, that the Aztecs needed him to. He's still a good ball control point guard, but he can't. You can't carry. You can't really ask them to carry the scoring load. Where on Boise State's side, you have Marcus Shaver, you have Kahab, you have Armis, you have Dejan Hart, who's, it's really filled in that role. You know, on the wing, three another three and D wing, and can get to the can get to the cup as well. But like the Broncos, they're more complete. They can they can defend as well. But I like Boise State.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. All right, anything else? You want? You, we got any locks tomorrow?
0: Is I think there any lines it. That,
1: Boise State. Boise State. Is there any tomorrow. lines? Is there any lines posted? Boise State is minus two tomorrow. I like that. It's not my lock. Let me get since you got one, I'll get one in real quick.
0: You got Kansas at minus twelve at home versus Kansas State. I can't bet like I can't bet that game. Nope. Vanderbilt. It's plus four at out at Posting how Alabama. Not that we're an NBA podcast, I thought it was really funny that Scottie Pippen wasn't there at the seventy fifth anniversary thing.
1: Uh, I that was just a cool halftime show. I enjoyed that a lot. I didn't expect Michael Jordan to come out, which was pretty exciting. So that uh, it was cool. All right, I don't. I'll tweet out my lock tomorrow. I can't find my. My bookie is not being cooperative right now, so. Lock pending. Lock pending. Do some quick research tomorrow. Sounds good.
0: Other right. than that, we got nothing else. You got nothing else. Shout out that car. And we'll be back. The... To-